your mother. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo. Of feathery, brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than two. Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Both Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We're going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Thanksgiving Eve edition of Birds with Friends. Bo, Zach, and Marissa here to talk about uh, what we've learned in the past few days since the Eagles came back to beat the Indianapolis Colts, what we think is going to happen over the next... uh, Four plus days ahead of Sunday night's game against the Green Bay Packers. We've got a swooper to get to. It's a double dip episode. Marissa, how you doing? Um, I'm doing great. You are um not home, so I'm a little worried about your Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, but so far so good. So fingers crossed. Got a hot spot too. We got we got some backup options here. Um, yes. but you know, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You yeah. guys are capable. You don't need me. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Ready for Thanksgiving? Mm. Love a Thanksgiving. Zach, you're muted. Wow, Zach's muted. Talk about, I mean, the guy's playing at home and he can't he can't be ready. Uh, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. So I am, I'm doing great. This is a great time of year right now. We have uh, this pod tonight, which I was excited for. And then Until... tomorrow there's, <laughs> well, uh, still I'm excited. Oh, okay. Uh, family, food, and football tomorrow. Uh, there's a big three, US of the, soccer- three of the big four F's, you know, <laughs> there's a big U.S. soccer game on Friday, uh, back at Eagles practice on Friday. And then, you know, so, uh, Saturday, an amazing day of college football mm-hmm. and Sunday Eagles Packers. So what a week that we're about to embark upon. If you had to peck nest migrate Thanksgiving football and college football, how would you do it? Mm, good one. Well, I would nest Thanksgiving, right? Nothing's more important than my family. Mm. Uh, and uh, I would I would peck football, and I would migrate college football in that case. Mm. I thought maybe I mean, you, would, you would – I think, figured you would nest football because you could – I mean, you, you have one last uh, go-round with Thanksgiving. You do it up big. I mean, you can still see your family. I'm not saying you have to okay. like, excommunicate yourself from ever seeing your loved ones again. <laughs> I would have done the same, Zach. That would have been. Thank you, Marissa. Kindred spirits. Yeah. I mean, you're nesting a thing that's once a year versus something that's like 17 Sundays. You know. I think you are overanalyzing the. uh... (laughs) What's the point of the show other than to overanalyze nonsense? (laughs) Well, the point of the show, if we want to get, uh, if we want to actually discuss it, is to talk about the Eagles, right? With friends. That's debatable. Which we are doing here. Marissa Pecknest migrate uh, turkey sides desserts. Ooh, good one. Um, I would definitely migrate Turkey. Um, mm. I don't know. Growing up, I would have always said like nest uh, desserts, but I think it might be switched now. So I think mm. I would I would nest sides and peck desserts. What about you? You know, I, I think Turkey gets a bad rap because everybody's I mean, always I like about, it, like, but it's not my favorite. Like the like, turkey is the, the worst part of Thanksgiving. You're eating bad turkey. I like having yeah. I like having a, a nice 
well done Thanksgiving turkey. Not, I don't mean like well done, overcooked. I mean prepared well. I actually like the ham better, like a cooked ham better. Than yeah, I'm not with you. I'm I'm turkey over ham all day. Zach, I like all the food at the, at the Thanksgiving table, but if see you all want, the comments, nobody likes turkey. Turkey is terrible. Turkey is so, trash. You guys but, are trash. So I'm I'm a dessert guy, right? So so give me the desserts all what's year. Your, long. What's your so ideal? Nesting. What's your ideal Thanksgiving dessert? It's interesting you ask that because Emily brought that up to me recently, and I don't uh, associate dessert with Thanksgiving. So whatever is, yeah, I, I associate it more with the turkey and the sides. Uh, but anything that is that is freshly baked, I I. I, I have a soft spot for what's your favorite pie. What's my favorite pie is so down in North Carolina, uh, right by where you went to college, there's a place, the, the Agnes barn, okay. right. And they have this, uh, never heard this, of it. You never heard of the Agnes barn. Okay. No. Uh, they, where they have this, the Pazuki. No, they have something called the, the, the chocolate chess pie, okay. um, which yeah, is very, a Southern I know, I know chess pie. Yeah. And so that's really good. And then if you've ever been to Louisville, Kentucky, they have a derby pie and mm. derby pie jumps out to me. I I had like an incredible piece of derby pie when I was in um, when I was in Louisville. Mm, big flex. All right. I've never heard of derby pie, but what is derby pie? I think I I think I've heard of it, but I actually open face oh. custard pie baked in a pie shell. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Good. All right. Well, uh, we have like a little tiny bit of Eagles news to, to talk about. Uh, not a ton happening at the Novacare Complex. It's a, a bit of a lighter week, less access than usual because of uh, Thanksgiving. But uh, some little nuggets and morsels of information seeping their way through. And so we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman, Zach Berman himself, the award-winning journalist who covers the Eagles for The Athletic. What's the latest happening? with the 9-1 and league-leading Philadelphia Eagles. I lost my audio here. Um, we hear you. But, okay. Where did you leave it? <laughs> so the big news so far is Josh Job. Well, you know, I shouldn't say the big news. The injury news what? is Josh. The big news so yeah, far the, is Josh Job. The injury news is what? Josh Job is the only Eagle who did not practice. That's a drop. Therefore, we overused. The Eagles, that's a drop, but that's a drop. The Eagles have a healthy roster, relatively speaking, among the fifty-three players on the roster going into this Packers game. Josh Job is the only player who did not practice today or did not or would not have practiced. They had a, a walkthrough. Why didn't but they the put bigger, Josh Job on IR? The bigger the piece. We can get to that in a they moment. Could have put I'll him on IR four weeks ago. The, the bigger news is Marcus Brady, the former Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator, uh, is joining the Eagles as a consultant. This, is, this was broken by Tim McManus of ESPN and Stephen Holder uh, of ESPN, formerly of The Athletic. Um, and Marcus Brady, who was fired by Frank Reich before Frank Reich himself was fired, joining as a consultant and apparently will work with Jonathan Gannon. As uh, you, you see this on a few stats where they bring an offensive mind to consult with the defensive coach or a defensive mind to consult with the offensive coach. So uh, 
I don't think it's it's earth shattering by any means, but it's fortification for the coaching staff here for the uh, for the next few weeks. Back to you in the studio, Bo. Thanks, Zach. Uh, let's unpack this big news. What do you make of the Josh Job situation? <laughs> so the big news I was going to say was the healthy roster. Okay, <laughs> it was uh, your your laugh threw me off. I was setting it up to say the big news is that Josh Job is the only player on the 53-man roster who is uh, who was not participating. So I understand Dallas Goddard's on IR, Jordan Davis is on IR, but they came out of the Colts game healthier than obviously the Commanders game the week before, which is a, a good situation for the Eagles going into um, Sunday because I've, I've been tied up the past few hours. I was writing a story that's now on The Athletic um, with a handful of items, including Nick Sirianni, um, Having Jonathan Gannon's back and uh, some more information on the fourth down that, uh, or, or the uh, the timeout before the two minute warning, the uniforms that the Eagles are, are wearing this weekend. Um, but I had saw something scroll a- across that Aaron Rodgers has a thumb injury. Is that correct? Broken thumb. Yes. So five, he said. Wow. Wow. I so mean, would... does anybody in the world make more excuses than Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Um, but so, so, so certainly the Eagles entering, uh, this game healthier on the 53 man roster than the green Bay Packers, the Packers quarterback is dealing with. And they've had some, and they've had some of their other good players go on IR recently. Right. Um, so yeah, they, they are certainly less healthy, uh, than the Eagles. I want to talk about some of those things that were in your, your notebook that's up now, Zach. Um, I think the first thing I want to talk about is the, the macro dynamic that you asked Nick Sirianni about today, where uh, he went on WIP uh, on Monday morning, his usual post-game morning after hit. And uh, I guess the week before, they had a poll question like, should Jonathan Gannon be fired or something like that? And so he said the poll question this week should be, is Jonathan Gannon the assistant coach of the year? Um, But I guess um, it's fair to say that it is like, very much on Nick Sirianni's radar, the degree and level of criticism that his defensive coordinator gets. And so he has gone out of his way to, um, you know, to, to gas him up. Exactly. That was the impetus of the question was that if, if you listen to the, in, uh, uh, to the interview with the morning show on WIP, it wasn't as if Gannon came up in conversation, like Nick was getting off the phone and he brought it up. Mm. Um, and part of it was, was poking them for the poll question last week, but it was very intentional. Uh, they, they, he publicly wanted to have his defensive coordinators back. And he was emphatic today. Like he wanted to talk about it at the press conference today uh, about Gannon and basically said that uh, he, he, he was talking about how good a coach Gannon is how he's happy Gannon's his defensive coordinator talked about how the stats that they care about, which besides scoring offense, I'm sorry, besides scoring defense uh, are our takeaways and explosive plays. The Eagles are up there. They're number one in the NFL in takeaways. They're number seven or, or I'm sorry, tied for sixth in explosive plays allowed based on their formula, which is 16 plus yard passes, 10 plus yard rushes. Uh, if you go with Shields' formula, which I believe the Seahawks used, which is 12-plus um, yard rushes, then actually the Eagles fare even better. Uh, so they, they, they might want to change the formula to make it look even better for them. But uh, as, as I was crunching those numbers today, it turns out they give up a lot of um, 
rushes between 10 and 12 yards relative to other teams, right? <laughs> um, because uh, that made a huge difference in, 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 in where they ranked. But anyways, uh, Sirianni was speaking about what he likes about Gannon. And he, he said that, uh, that he wants Gannon to be here as long as he's the head coach, but he doesn't anticipate that happening. Yeah, that was interesting. He like he really was all in about the fact that this guy's going to be a head coach like very soon. Yes, and and so the line I had in my story is is that like they're expecting Gannon not to be here at some point, but not for the reason of the poll question last week. And look, we've we've discussed Gannon uh, ad nauseum here. I I don't think any of our loyal listeners need us to go back in in that conversation. I mean, that's a well that's well explored. Um, but the the part of it that jumped out to me was like you said how attentive they are to the criticism you hear sometimes where they say don't listen to the outside noise um but this particular piece of criticism uh i think the organization is sensitive to because a i i think that they believe gannon's better than um the perception might might be, but also because uh, I think they're they're kind of fighting against this this brand of football, if you will, that is is almost fundamentally different, or I shouldn't say fundamentally different, but tangentially different than what they are playing, and uh, and that's not going to change. Like they're they're not going to adopt Buddy Ryan's defense. They're not going to adopt Jim Johnson's defense. So. I think they're trying to educate as far as to the type of defense that they're playing. Marissa, all over the uh, horny sex spots in the chat coming out early on a Thanksgiving Eve, looking for some action. Uh, I think that's well said, Zach. I, speaking of uh, Sirianni being a little rabbit-eared, did you get the impression today that, that he does not know my name? <laughs> no, I didn't get that impression at, right. at, at all. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I, talking I, about I, Jalen Hurts and, and uh, AJ Brown's friendship. He said they sit right where, uh, where Zach, and you know, where they sit. Like he's like he didn't he didn't, couldn't come up with my name. Well, no, because I don't know if AJ Brown sits in your seat. So that, I think that is exactly what he was saying. That he okay. they sit where you and I sit, uh, which makes sense. We're best friends, and we're the two best players on the team. You've gotten Bo quite a bit from him, so I he he definitely have I. Him. Yes, yes. I don't know. That was a bit of an ego hit. I, I felt like he took me down a peg, which maybe it was intentional. Maybe that was his point <laughs> was to make sure that I'm not too big for my britches. Yeah. I'm he sits right like where Zach and uh, I don't know wh wh whatever this white guy is over here. I don't recognize him. That's probably, <laughs> that's, that's what I think that was the the subtext. I don't believe that was the subtext whatsoever. You don't think so? Rewatch it uh, for the listeners. I think, I think it's pretty clear that it's a dig. I think, you're well, I think you're well known in that building. I mean, maybe by uh, Bo Quinn. I actually think there's a better chance Nick Sirianni knows your name <laughs> than Robert Quinn knows your name. Okay? Oh, yeah. That is definitely <laughs> so, true. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to ask you about, Zach, is, is um, you know, we had a long conversation in the postgame pod about that, that fourth down, or I guess the third down. Um, no, it was the fourth down. The fourth down, fake, mm -hmm. sneak, hope to draw them off sides, coming out of the two-minute warning, wasting that timeout. Sirianni explained that a little bit further during his Monday press conference. 
Yeah. So in essence, he, I think you put it well when you talked about the cost benefit analysis, right? And from their perspective, be, it, it really seemed to boil down the field position that being in the, uh, in the 10 yard line, he viewed it as having two cracks at the first down there. The first one being trying to draw them off sides. The second one being the actual play that they ran, which they got the first down on. And the, the cost there is the timeout. Now, you and I, and my opinion hasn't changed here. I would not have burned that timeout. Nick's point was that um, if, if you don't get it and you have the two timeouts and you get the ball back, you're getting the ball back at, what, the 50-yard line at almost at best, right? Probably thereabouts. And you have to drive the length of the field to score a touchdown. Or not the length of the field, but the, the you know 50 yards plus there to score a touchdown. You have no timeouts in that situation. And he was saying it's it's hard to get inside the 10. You're inside the 10. He wants to maximize that opportunity inside the 10. Um, so I, I disagree. He didn't persuade me on it. Uh, but I think his explanation was sensible uh, to an extent, right? Like it's, it's a justifiable position and I, I don't have what. Nope. You're muted. Here I go. I'm, I'm, I'm back oh, now. You're back. Okay. I, I yes. think, I think philosophically I, I under like it, it is defensible and, and I understand his point that uh, like the, the downside you're guarding against, if you save that timeout is still an unlikely situ situation. I don't think it's that unlikely. If you get the ball at like the, even your own 45 with like a minute 10 left. I mean, not everybody's Patrick Mahomes, but we saw how easy the, the, the chiefs were able to do that. This is still a very good offense. I don't think that's that crazy. Um, I also think that the, but I understand that like two shots at the upside of winning outweighs keeping a, a slightly better um, unlikely opportunity on the downside. I also just like the the whole picture there. The the sequence of events did not make a lot of sense to me because you you rush to run a play uh, on third down before the two minute warning. That run to that second down or third down run to Boston Scott. I thought that didn't make a lot of sense in conjunction with then wasting the timeout. Um, and then I thought that the actual sneak formation was not really believable. Um, and that's why, like, like, I think if they had spread things out and then, uh, you, you might have a better chance of drawing them off sides because they're probably more likely to think that you're actually going to run a play. So I didn't think that the, the choice of how to do it. And then the, the preceding play made sense in the larger picture, but I mean, we're parsing something that ended up working out. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, we can be, we can be results based on this, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm not certain that I consider or I, I shouldn't even say I'm not certain. I don't consider the trying to draw them off sides a, a crack at the first down, right? I don't view that as as a play at trying to get the first down. Now, whether it's Professor Selman or a different listener, I I don't have the data or couldn't find access to the data uh for drawing someone off sides, the success rate in that situation. And certainly you don't see it from two yards out. Uh, in a quarterback sneak, uh, I'm, I'm situation. It's a it's a small sample size. So they say these decisions are, are made during the week. You have to have conviction uh, to it. Certainly, it was something that they had been planning. Um, but uh, I would still rather preserve that timeout and have 
a shot at Ernest in in the at the our former sponsor uh, at the first down. If anything, I would let that uh, I I would have let the clock get to the two minute warning and use the timeout after the third down. And so then you have like two plays where you have time. You're not hurrying up. You're not rushing like you you could have that a legitimate third down and a legitimate fourth down that would right you could run your third down play and then like run to get up to the line and fake the sneak then and maybe get him to drop i don't know sure it's just yeah so uh, i guess you take it you take it one play at a time yeah but uh certainly it made more sense to me than it did on sunday when he was holding it there was a theory there was a thought process behind it which is what exactly. i mean we did that is sort of what we wanted to hear it's which exactly fun. uh anything else from uh looking back at that game that you'd like to discuss zach having having rewatched it i'm curious your opinion as to whether they did not trust jalen hurts in that in on that final drive because we brought it or or you asked me on the on the, on the post game pod why all running plays and it uh i don't think it had anything to do with trust in jalen hurts there were two things that jumped out to me. Number one, I don't totally buy for the reasons you actually said in real time and on the post game pod. I don't buy this idea that they were trying to run the clock because they were snapping it with with more than ten seconds on. But I think clock. they did want a running clock. I think they wanted to okay. maximize yeah. the amount of plays they could have while still running the clock. I th I thought more so that they trusted their running game in that situation, which to be fair, they've trusted their running game in those types of drives throughout the season. That Arizona drive was a lot of running plays. That Dallas drive, a lot of running plays. So this is not specific to this game. Number one, number two, when I went back and watched it, um, I was impressed with the Colts' pass coverage. I didn't think the Eagles were getting wide open or even open in a big way after that opening drive. I thought that the Eagles were having better success running the ball than they were passing the ball. Uh, and then, and then number three, I, I mean, Sirianni's explanation about trusting Hertz and the offensive line that, that added up to me um, because yeah, that that's and, and then when I, I looked at numbers for how they, played in the red zone this year, for instance, how they played in the low red zone this year. Um, they are a run-heavy team. They, they they run the second most of any team in the low red zone this year. Uh, but the Bears are the only team that runs the ball more. So this all leads me to believe that this wasn't based on a lack of trust in Jalen Hurts, his passing. This was trusting Jalen Hurts running the ball, trusting the offensive line, and trusting that their running game could be better than the Colts' run defense. Yeah, I think I, I think the like spinning the narrative to say that this meant that they didn't trust Jalen Hurts is really unfair um, and like really silly because just because you can't parse Jalen Hurts the thrower from Jalen Hurts the rusher like you're trusting Jalen Hurts the player and they're well putting said. the ball in his hands to go win the game right like um, I I think you have to take him for the whole picture that he is. Um, and this is like, you know, a much larger conversation about, you know, along the lines of what we talked to Jason Reed about before the season started, like the way that black quarterbacks are often um, had like forced into a box of, of uh, well, they run, but, you know, can they can they stand in the pocket? Um, 
I don't mean they put the ball in his hands more than anybody else, right? And like they they fully trusted him to go win the game. And so, uh, yeah, I, I I think that was, I think that's an unfair narrative. Um, I thought defensively, watching it, T.J. Edwards really jumped out to me. Yeah, I, I was just going to say before we get to to the defense. Sorry, okay. To your point of what you were saying before about guys were not getting open. This was um, far and away the largest amount of man coverage the Eagles have seen in hmm. a game this season, which is interesting because you expect the Gus Bradley defense to be so heavy zone but they played i think 63 point something percent uh, 63.9 of man coverage um in this game according to true media the second highest the eagles have faced this season was the steelers and that was 56 percent. nobody else over 50 percent um so that's interesting and you wonder if that is um sort of a response to goddard being out um also maybe just mm-hmm. like you have stuff on gilmore you think that he can do a good job against aj brown Devontae Smith was winning, and that's why there were so many of those anticipatory throws on uh, against man coverage. But um, it was interesting. It was, I mean, they, it's true that they were not they did not they chose not to throw the ball um, because they thought that running was going to be more successful. But um, I don't know. It was an interesting matchup. That's a good point, and, and perhaps that's also why the Eagles liked Hurts in the in the running game more than they would against his own defense. Right, which is what we saw in week one yeah. against Detroit yep. when they were they were blitzing and playing man. Um, all right, go go to what you were going to say about the defense. Yeah, TJ Edwards jumped out to me. I, I thought he had a really good game. Um, he was around the ball quite a bit, and uh, and we spoke about him after the game. I thought, I, I thought the instincts were what you want. Gannon spoke about him yesterday uh, as, as far as like how smart he is on this defense. Maybe you'll see a piece in the future on TJ Edwards. Uh, I thought that um, the odd man fronts uh, worked well. Linval, the upgrade, and this is no disrespect to to Marlon Tui Pilotu, uh, but Linval Joseph it's not was not respect major. to him. But I mean, it's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Linval Joseph was a major difference, and I thought it affected the way. The Colts were playing the game, you know, having yeah. having Linvo in there. Yeah, I find it like I, it's it's more understandable to me why Sue did not sign anywhere until now, as opposed to Linvo Joseph. It feels like so many teams could use him, um, and he said he was healthy. I mean, maybe he didn't really want to play until this late in the season. Um, maybe the Eagles were interested at some point. It's hard to know without knowing, but it does feel like he especially is like, why wasn't why wasn't he on the roster? So his comments last week were that he he wanted a place where he he knew he could play and have a role, mm. right? Because I I think a lot was made about joining a, a contender, but I I think a big part was having a role. Now most teams who play this type of defense, they're going into the season with because it's it's such a unique player. They a, a space eating nose tackle, you have that unless that player goes down you're probably not in the market for Linval Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does make you wonder why they didn't make this move when Jordan Davis went down, especially because they had time then to do it. So perhaps they thought they could get by with what they had, yeah. and then they saw these, the evidence in the Houston and Washington game to convince them otherwise. Uh, but it, it does make me think even more, and again, not letting Gannon off the hook, okay? But it does – make me think even more that the way they played against Washington and to an extent Houston 
was more personnel related than anything else. They also did do a few more things in this game schematically. It felt like on defense, they were, uh, they were tightening things up split wise. Um, they did a few more games up front. Um, I mean, I think, I think there were adjustments that went a little bit beyond the players, but I think it was mostly, mostly player driven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no. So the playing time distribution showed that uh, up. Uh, showed I, I this, still, uh, yeah. I, I, we I said this say Robert the Quinn. Oh, oh yeah. That is, that is a real story. Like, what yeah, is they're not on? getting. Yeah, they're not getting much from. Now, I guess in a run-heavy game plan, you don't need Robert Quinn so much. He gets on the field on third and long, um, and it's not like it's not like Graham and Sweat were playing a ton of snaps. So that well, I'm still confused as to why, with Sue and Linval Joseph on the field so much, why Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave still played such a high percentage of snaps, and Milton Williams is the one whose snaps were cut in half. Like that's still. That doesn't really make sense to me. I know that you're like, you get caught up in the heat of the game. Like, this is a big stop. We need these guys on the field. You know, this is a big drive. We need these guys on the field. But Milton Williams is playing fine. Get his, he's got to be up at 40%. Yes. Yeah, so, so my explanation for that, and I don't know if this is correct or or not, but they played a lower volume of, of, of snaps. And, and my guess is they're going more based on number than on percentage, right? That's because, fair. uh, a player's fatigue level is not based on percentage. It's that's it's, a good point. It's it's based on overall volume, and it's also probably based on um, hey Fletch, do you want to blow or not? And yes, like he gets to decide. Yes, the, but the Quinn thing is weird. I mean, they did use a fourth round pick to get the guy, and he hasn't really done anything. Yeah, it it makes me think that perhaps he hasn't had the, a bye week. He needs a bye. <laughs> yeah, you were the first one on that, by the way. You know, well, you, you say it, that, but but EJ was on it as well. Okay. Uh, credit to EJ with the Inquirer because he saw me interviewing Robert Quinn, and then in afterwards he's like, "You know that he doesn't have a, he, he could be the first player since whenever to play uh, eighteen games in the season." It's like EJ, you no, but but, but then like, Martin. Wrote about I've been it. working Martin on this story for years, and he just he just blurted it out. But then Martin Frank wrote about it, and then it got picked up by Pro Football Talk. It did. Pro... Oh yes, yeah. It, it became like a after my interview. Yeah, it was, it was from Martin Frank's story. What the hell, Martin? Um, well, it's not Martin's uh, fault. Yes, Pro Football Talk blew it up. Well, I mean, we've had, we have a long-standing rivalry with with Mike Florio. I probably that blog post that he that he put about the story was probably way too long. I don't think anybody would have read it. <laughs> I'm Who's got the time? Who's got the time to read that? I'm, I'm staying. Away. I mean, I'm, ridiculous. I'm staying as far away from that one as I can. Uh, but yeah, Quinn. It, I'm wondering if there's going to be like a, a Golden Tate situation here where in the Dallas game on Christmas Eve, uh, he has a big sack against Prescott. And then all of a sudden, I don't know who's who's calling that game. I think as of now, is it on? It's the Saturday games are, are weird that week. Do they count as Sunday games and they're on Saturday? Um, but whoever's calling that game says a la Chris Collinsworth in January 2019. You know, and the Robert Quinn trade is worth it now, right? Like it, it could just be situation in the playoffs. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, now I, I saw, I, I feel bad not crediting who said this, um, but I found this to be an interesting observation uh, from somebody on on Twitter that it said uh, if if you look at it like the Eagles signed Robert Quinn 
and then traded for either Linval Joseph or Ndamukong Sue, you know, it, it would be it like, it's not how it works. Yeah. No, I, I understand that, but you yeah, say like the net effect is the same. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple more things I want to get to, but let's, uh, let's take our little break. Now we've got two breaks to get to. So let's do one. We'll come back. I want to talk about Zach's James Bradbury, Darius Slay story. I want to talk about a little Dominican Sue nugget that we learned last week, and then we'll get to previewing the Packers before we get to Swooper. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Zach, uh, you had uh, what we in the business call an A1 on James Bradbury, Darius Slay. Uh, maybe not so different after all. What did you learn about this uh, this couple, especially Bradbury? Yeah, so... Uh... A little behind the story here. Uh, this is something that that started off almost almost like a, a Bradbury piece, and the big thing that came up when when uh, asking around about Bradbury was how many people were talking to me about how funny he was, right? And there and I heard from multiple players like he's he's actually the funny guy in the room, and he has this 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 really uh, witty sense of humor. Uh, it doesn't come out often and it doesn't come out publicly. But if you think about usage rate, right? Like his jokes per minute uh, is, or jokes per word, I, sh I should say, um, is is really high. And, and so you being both a gumshoe detective and an avowed <laughs> fan of comedy, your ears perked up and you sniffed it out. You said, this is the story for me. Well, interestingly, he got, he says he, he gets his sense of humor from the television shows that he watched growing up Seinfeld and he watched third rock from the sun. And I think he watched, um, big bang theory. Maybe it was. And then, then Martin and fresh Prince. Um, so, uh, and he has a, a lot of other interests. He's really, he, he was in an art contest as a kid and, uh, he was always second place, but he showed me some of his art. Um, and, uh, and anyways, stuff. yeah. So, uh, it was it was interesting to juxtapose him with Darius Slay, who is legitimately funny. Like he he he'll, he'll make you laugh, number one. But he's well known for this. And as as Bo did a great job writing, as you uh, did a great job writing last year before the playoff game, Bless you. that Slay does not get uh, enough credit for how serious he is. You know, he's he's viewed as kind of like the class clown. And he's admitted that's why he's he's never been a captain of a team because he's he's kind of viewed this way, but within the building he is he's held in in very high regard. He's a leader for the first time this year. Players have have called him one of the best leaders they've ever been around. Nick Sirianni has touted that as 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 well. And he has all these these uh, these thoughtful gestures behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. Um, he had you know he he has. He's had people over for Thanksgiving. Speaking about Thanksgiving, he's if someone's caught, you know, if someone needs help with their car, U.S. Darius Slay. It's it's, it's very Jason Peters esque in that regard. Uh, his as we've discussed on on the pod before, his wife's banana pudding is mm. well known in the locker room. Uh, I remember Nikel Roby Coleman said it was the best part of playing playing in the secondary yes. here. And when I brought Apparently it up, Golden to, Tate's wife's recipe. It is Golden Tate's wife's recipe. Yeah. Um, and there's some players in the locker room who've never had banana pudding before this. 
and are like blown away by this. And there's other players who've had banana pudding who can't believe so who who like can't believe how good this banana pudding is. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, there's a, a, a lot there behind the scenes. There's a lot there behind the scenes with both players, and then uh, juxtaposing them, and then they're they're playing at a really high level. I, I asked Richard Sherman before the Thursday night game about these guys and Sherman's like, these are the, it's the best corner combination in the, in the league and Slay's the best corner in the league and Bradbury's not far behind. And, uh, it wasn't in the story, but this topic was in the story. Brad likes, um, Sherman was in disbelief almost that the giants let Bradbury go. And there was a lot there cap wise that, that we got into, but you spoke after the Jaguars game, you gave the scene in the locker room when Darius Slay, uh, cut off an interview that Bradbury was having. Bradbury had like a phalanx of reporters around him, and Bradbury's nice, yeah. Um, and Brad and Bradbury said, and, and Slay said, "You all are asking the wrong questions. The question you should be asking is how the Giants let this guy go." And Brad, I spoke to Bradbury about this, and Bradbury's like, "He he hears this all the time. He's he's wondered the same thing. He's happy. He's in Philadelphia." And then another part of the story. Uh, was just oh, don't what give makes too much. We want the people to read yeah. the story. Like what, what makes them effective? These are, are the top two in the NFL and pass breakups passes defended uh, since 2016, which is when Bradbury came into the league, right there at, at, at this point, the number actually changed. The story was supposed to run a few weeks ago. It ran this week. I hope I'm not giving away too much by saying mm-hmm. that um, when the story was, was supposed to run, it was, it was Bradbury was one slay was like one behind him. Uh, and then actually they're tied now. And Jalen Ramsey is next on the list, 10 behind, 10 passes defended behind. Uh, so they're they're very much like number one cornerbacks playing together. And you can read in the story, Denard Wilson explains why they're so good at pass breakups. And Marcus Epps explains like what about them is is particularly unique for a cornerback. So uh I'm curious what it's going to be like long-term here. We've discussed it. Bradbury's a free agent. Um, he signed a one-year deal purposefully to hit the market again. Uh, he's younger than Slay. Slay has one year left on his deal. Um, but Slay's someone who I know the Eagles like and want to keep around. So I'm curious to see if if uh, if they try keeping these guys, if they get priced out of it. But anyways, you can read all about that on The Athletic, and you, you can subscribe today for a dollar a month for the next 12 months. And if that doesn't get you to subscribe, the absolute best power rankings you will find on any yes. site you can find. Unless, you, can you, find live in, there. unless and, you live in Minnesota. And uh, it's particularly timely this week because you can find out um, what each team is thankful for. Well, Zach, you, you talk about the dynamic at corner. And I think this is a, a, a larger picture conversation about the Seagulls team because it feels like you know, they are ahead of schedule here with how good they are. But this is also like the last ride. It's only their second year, but it's also like the last ride with this group because the coaching staff is probably going to be going to take some significant turnover this offseason. Um, and the roster is set up in such a way that there's going to be a lot of turnover. Um, the corners, potentially, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they've got a ton of uh, looming unrestricted free agents, which we've talked about. John C. Gardner-Johnson, the linebackers, they have to make decisions. The defensive line, they have to make decisions. Uh, and and there's also the the looming potential. I mean, we, we don't want to have 
the Jalen Hurts contract conversation right now, but that is a, a real variable. And so, like, even though this team is ascendant, it's also like this is their shot before things really change a lot. Well said. Yeah, I think the amount of free agents they have, it's it's significant. Now, uh, I think a few of those guys, if not a decent amount, will be back next year. The Eagles do have cap flexibility. Um, but there are guys who are going to be gone. And I see something that uh, Professor Selman posts each week, and it's, it's really good, and it might be a story down the line from one of us. But uh, the Eagles have the... I hope I'm pronouncing this, or I, I hope I'm explaining this correctly. The uh, least amount of, of of contributions from their rookie class of any team in the NFL. Um, Fewest stamps by a large margin. Yeah, they they are. Uh, this 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 class was intentionally drafted for the future with some of these spots in mind. So what does that mean? That certainly means linebacker. That means defensive tackle. That means center at some point here, right? Um, and, and, and so that's, that's something to be mindful of now. What does that mean about cornerback? They haven't really invested in this position. Zach McPherson in the fourth round was, it was the highest they've, they've drafted a corner since, since, um, Cindy Jones and, and Russell Douglas in 2017. Right. Um, yeah. you know, they took Avante in the fourth round in 2018. Um, but that's a position where, uh, I think they would like to draft somebody early there. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then safety is another spot where they have two guys in expiring deals, like we've talked about. They had they haven't drafted high in that spot either. So I'm more concerned about what they do at these positions where they don't have internal fortifications. I sure. think that that um, linebacker, offensive line. I mean, running back's not a position where you're you're, you're going to spend big anyways, but. But they they have internal fortifications at some of these spots, um, not at others, and those are the spots where I'm curious to see if they try to extend an, uh, for another year. And uh, I, I know these comparisons keep being made, but it's not dissimilar to 2017 um, to the point that uh, now this was before. Well, no, you were on the beat then. Um, you had just come on, but Jeffrey Lurie had a press conference before that season, and a big question that that he got, or I should say one of the questions he got, was about the amount of players that they have on, on one-year deals. And at, at, at that time, and I can pull up the exact quote, but he he discussed why he liked that and like what it did for optionality purposes. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the situation they're in this year, is is that the, alter the, the flip side of one-year deals is that you have a lot of flexibility. You know, it's it's like being um, uh, on like a month-to-month -month lease as opposed to, you know, uh, untying yourself down. You, you can get it out of it. It's more expensive, but you but you can get out of it and, and, and move around. Hmm. So, Speaking of um, like getting out of uh, leases and relationships, uh, Mar uh, Marissa, I want to bring you in here. What's uh, what's the latest going on with the, the Jets, the other team that you cover? What's What's the news over there? I'm shocked we made it 48 minutes. Um, Why? Well, I I, I've been driving. It took me like five hours to get down to D.C., so I missed the news. What's going on? I, I think when Sala said earlier in the week that, like, they weren't committed to Zach Wilson, I think, like, a lot of the beat thought that that was just, like, you know, a little bit of coach speak to maybe fire up Zach Wilson. 
And I think they were all pretty shocked today um, when not only did they bench Zach Wilson, but now he's the number three quarterback. They benched him? <laughs> yeah. The guy that took number two overall last year, he's he's their third string quarterback? Yes. So he will be inactive for the game did anybody against see, the Bears. Did anybody see that coming? <laughs> I don't know. It's that this crazy. guy was going to be really bad? That this guy yeah. was going to be a disaster? Did yeah. anyone know that was going to happen? We're going to have to go back to like last year's uh, pre-draft pods and get wow. your take on that. <laughs> That's wild. That feels like yeah, almost unprecedented. Wild. Crazy. Wow. No, I have a, a, a genuine question here, okay? And, and you follow the Jets much more closely than I do, Marissa. The last time we saw Mike White play, uh, wasn't good. He he threw four interceptions against the Bills, yeah. right? <laughs> like, is how bad or how much has Zach Wilson lost that locker room that they're going to bench the number two overall pick, the number two overall pick for someone who threw four interceptions the last time he played? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Like, if the Jets were like, you know, had four wins right now and didn't have a shot at the playoffs or three right. wins they probably would be sticking with Zach Wilson. But, like, the fact that, like, they have a realistic chance also, of making the playoffs, that Sala is going for that versus the development of Zach Wilson, which is our Zach Rosenblatt said on the Can't Wait podcast today, who knows if Zach Wilson is their quarterback next year, which is wild. Can't like, be. Yeah. I mean, we saw Jimmy G the other night, you know, he was looking pretty good. So, you know, he's obviously got that solid connection. So. Who knows what's going to happen there? But yeah, pretty crazy. Number two overall pick last year, and he's wow. now the number three quarterback. Wow. So. I'm doing I'm doing something I don't like to do, which is speculating without any information. This is this is kind of based on what like I know of the NFL. I need to imagine this is more than performance related, right? Because you're not you know if you're not turning to Mike White just because you think Mike White is like a, a a better quarterback there has to be things happening behind the scenes that's eroding your confidence in the person as much as as the player yeah we talked about that too like was his comments after the game versus the patriots like the final straw that like okay this is he has lost everybody and he he addressed the team apparently today um he did say you know the right things today to the media i don't you know probably a little too late but yeah, I mean, I think his comments that were pretty viral, um, that he took no blame for only scoring three points, um, were were pretty were not taken well. And teammates, you know, like tweets and you know, there's all that mm. like subtweeting on Twitter, you know, oh I didn't mean to like that kind of thing. But I think the locker room, it really especially to the defense that only allowed three points, it was it was a, not a not a good feeling for them. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to assume things, my assumption is that it's not it's not like those comments. It's that those comments reinforced a perception that that this yes. guy does not take any accountability. Exactly. Um, yeah. In any way, right? It's also, yeah. I mean, they've got this like super easy schedule of defenses coming up. Yeah, so which is like crazy. I thought that yeah, I did think they were going to give him like one more yes. shot. That's why but, we thought when Salah made that comment earlier that they weren't committing to him, like two days ago or a day ago, I don't even crazy. remember at this point, that it was kind of just like a, you know, a public, like, lighting a fire under Zach Wilson. But I guess, yeah. So, I mean, Mike White should have a good game against the Bears. I mean, it's not the Bills of last year that he threw four interceptions. So we'll see. But, yeah, and if he doesn't, then I guess it's Joe Flacco. So I don't know. Can you guys think of anybody who saw this coming? <laughs> well, uh, I 
actually, if if you go back and you you look at at what we were saying about the quarterbacks coming out of the draft, I I, I think, uh, I mean, I I was all about um, Justin Fields going into that draft. You were real into Trey in in the Trey Lance. Um, I was not real into Trey Lance. I was real out on Zach Wilson. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I was I was I was gonna say the. Uh, is is field starting for Chicago? I I know his left shoulder is messed up. I think they he practiced okay. today. Okay. So um I think I mean I would assume that that's trending towards yeah. it. But um, so it's it's like staring you in the face this quarterback who yes. you didn't take, and it's it's also and it look it's it's not just Joe Douglas and the Jets here. I mean, it seemed to be the consensus by 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 draft time that that Wilson was the number two guy after Lawrence, but going into the year. Justin Fields was considered like the the no doubt number two guy there after Lawrence, and uh, I mean what 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 Fields is what Fields is doing this year, and as that Jet staff is watching film of it, it's got to be like just just hitting you in the face. And I I I'm not gonna uh, dismiss uh, you know dismiss Wilson after a year and a half, but but man like to be benched. Um, for Mike White to be inactive is, is be, yes. Know, is not so this, is the, this is the Nelson Aguilar thing. They want him to take a take him take a week mm-hmm. off, you know, take a beat. It, I mean, if listen, if he's going to be a good quarterback, getting benched is not going to prevent that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's about as bad a start as anybody's had. All right, yeah. uh, why don't we why don't we take our last break? We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the Packers matchup, and then we'll get into Swooper. Have our crystal ball Eagles. And we'll uh, explain what Emi Udoka has to do with the Philadelphia Eagles season. All right. Back on Birds with Friends. Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Zach, uh, Dominican Sue talking today about how much he dislikes the Packers. This is a team he really likes to play against. Obviously, he was in division for a little bit with the Lions. He said uh, he was talking about Aaron Rodgers. That's a quarterback who uh, he likes going after. He was talking about how difficult it is to you know uh, go up against him the way that he rushes to the line and does all these other things. It's good, good insight. It's been uh, fun talking to, to Dominic and Sue, but it was not as fun to me as his introductory uh, availability. Um, when he asked, when, when he was talking about Philadelphia, he's always wanted to play for Philadelphia. And uh, one of the reasons is that he's got a family friend who used to coach for the Sixers who spoke really highly about Philadelphia. And so, you know, hardcore journo like I am, I said, who's the, Who's the guy you're talking about? He's like, oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll let you figure that out. Um, you can just look at recent history. And you knew right away because, of course, when he's signed here, you you immediately read everything that had ever been written about him no, he, in no. your encyclopedic brain. Um, but we figured it out. And it's very funny. Um, it is Emi Udoka. Uh, who grew, the, the families, I guess, were close when they, they both grew up in, in uh, the Pacific Northwest and in, in Portland. But what a uh, what a savvy media personality Sue is to not get caught on camera mentioning the name Emiudoka. Very funny. I was also, I you know, I, I kept making jokes in the in the media house, like, uh, oh, I'm like, I'm so happy to be uh, with the Bills. Finally, a good friend of mine uh, used to play running back for the team, uh, you know, a couple decades ago. Really spoke highly of the fans. Just, you know, kept going along those lines. <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, but uh, yeah, this was a, a story last spring when 
I, I believe Sue was courtside at the Celtics game, and there was mm. there was a there was a bunch of stories about this this friendship together um, in in Portland. You know, they're both they're both from Portland. Um, you know, Sue uh, dropped uh, a lot of other subtle Portland references in that press conference um, that that uh, was interesting to observe. But uh, yeah, that is a a connection for sure. It was funny. It was a very funny uh, aftermath of an interview, I thought. All right, uh, let's get to the, this Packers team. Uh, this is interesting, Zach, um, because the things that the Packers are ostensibly good at, the Eagles are better at. And the things that the Eagles are bad at, the Packers are even worse at. Uh, if you go if you go down uh, their DVOAs, they're worse in every single category. So Eagles, uh, fourth, fourth overall, Packers, 14th overall, which better than you might expect given their record, but um, there are some underlying uh, things working their way there, although they have been beset by injuries of late. Um, Eagles third offensively, Packers ninth offensively, 16th passing, but fifth rushing. You think that's pretty good for the Packers? They're they're fifth in rushing DVOA. Well, the Eagles are second, and they're sixth in passing. On defense, Packers have not been good, Uh, not as good as their talent would indicate. uh, Eagles right now fourth, Packers 20th. Uh, Eagles third against the pass Packers 12th against the pass, but that Eagles rush defense, you know, that's where they've been struggling. They're 26th in, in rush DVOA, even after a solid performance against Jonathan Taylor. Well, the Packers are 29th against, uh, in rushing D- rush defense DVOA, but surely they will be better at special teams. Eagles 24th in special teams. Well, Packers notoriously bad on special teams, even with Rich Passaccia, they're 29th. And so, uh, you look at the matchups, not a single area in which uh, the Packers are better right now, but uh, they do have Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Christian Watson has been ascending a little bit. He's got some speed. He's a big, strong, fast man, kind of like a poor man's Andre Yoshivas, I might say. And uh, the defense has some players too, but like other than, other than the Rodgers mystique, there should not be any real reason to be super concerned about this matchup. Yeah, I, 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 thought you, I thought you did a, uh, a really good job out, outlining it there. I'll be transparent about this. I picked the Packers to make the Super Bowl before the season. And if if John Gonzalez is listening right now, he could tell you how I am in, in, in fantasy basketball. Gonzo always jokes that, that like, even, even late in the, you know, it would be 60% through the season and my team's down in the standings. But I'm like John. I feel it coming, <laughs> you know. Like, like my team's gonna turn it around. I, I like my, I, I like my pieces. They've been slow. They've been slow so far, but I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not trading it away for draft picks. Like, I really believe this could happen, right? And it, I, I do these weekly picks for the Athletic now, and it seems I've been burned by the what? Packers so many times because I'm always like, you know. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's 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 going to do it. And uh, yeah, it's the I I think the Tennessee game was probably the last straw for me because they have that big win against Dallas, right? A huge emotional victory. You're at home on a short week against the Titans, and so first just, leaf one, by the way. There you go. Um, Emily's a big fan, as I, as I talked mm-hmm. about in the ad. Uh, so the the uh, the Titans just just out toughed them, outplayed them, out coached them. Titans out tough anybody, and that's 
that's what jumped out to me was um, that was probably the 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 last the last straw for me. So I I like the Eagles in this matchup, but Aaron Rodgers is is still Aaron Rodgers, and even if the numbers don't suggest it, he can still make throws. He can still think at a at a level that you know he he can still manipulate the game, and from a macro bigger picture perspective, if the criticism or the question, the lingering question about Jonathan Gannon's defense is that, well, they haven't seen this type of quarterback who can pick them apart, who's willing to take what you give them, who can be patient, yada, yada, yada. Um, And if you don't think Kirk Cousins fit that category, and if you don't think Kyler Murray fit that category, uh, the Eagles really haven't seen quarterbacks like that this year maybe trevor lawrence but but aaron Rodgers, even even with the way he's playing the way he can control a game the way he can think a game he would fit in that category so that's why i think this is a a big test for jonathan adams defense because Rodgers will take what's there and uh i i don't like their receivers i don't know what they were thinking and this is actually i'm Thinking, I, I, I'm rambling here, but it's a question I'm going to propose to you in the. Uh, I do. <laughs> um, in the beat back and forth that you'll find on Saturday in our cheat sheet, but look, the Packers had draft inventory. If the Packers had traded for AJ Brown and the Eagles had used their first round pick on a wide receiver, okay, let's say Traylon Burks, right, who actually had a big game against Green Bay last week. What are the, what's the record of of these two teams? And the reason I ask that is because interesting. it just it just seems like the Packers either had this hubris about their drafting or had no plan at wide receiver. Um, Watson's coming on, like you said, but they are it's just mismatched parts there. It's not working. The other possibility is that from the top on down, they decided we got to get rid of this Aaron Rodgers guy. He is toxic. We need him out of our lives. I cannot deal with being with him every day. We can't just cut him, but let's create a roster so bad that he's going to leave or retire. Oh, I I disagree because I think they they could have traded him to Denver, right? Like that. I mean, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to say this definitively, but it's certainly see. And and again, I don't cover the Broncos. I, I read. Maybe our Jordan coverage. Love will be the Jets quarterback, <laughs> but. Uh, but it certainly seemed that like Hackett was hired mm. with with in, in, in trying to lure Rogers there, and uh, and the conditions were in place. Adams leaves, but uh, but man, it, it's it's not been what I anticipated. That's true. That's a fair point. Yeah, they did sign him to a new contract. So okay. Uh, all right, let's get to Swooper. Wait, oh, wait, and 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 the other thing I'll add about Green Bay is that. Um, Rashawn Gary was really coming on earlier this year. I, sorry, is it Rashawn Gary or Gary Rashawn? <laughs> Rashawn Gary. Okay. Uh, that that was a big injury. Uh, it's got to kill Packers fans when you see what what Zadarius Smith is doing in Minnesota right now. Um, but you know their offensive line is not what I expected it to be. Their pass rush is not what it could have been. They still have good players on 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 defense. You know Kenny Clark. And, you know, you, you go on down the list. Uh, I mean, Alexander is one of the best corners in the NFL. Rasul Douglas is making plays on a consistent basis for them. But, um, yeah, that 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 roster is – and that coaching staff is not as I expect them to be going into the year. All right. 
Swooper time. Zach, start us off. Five. What? Wait. <laughs> then is it just ruined Zach's weekend? Swooper. Oh. <laughs> Great job, Marissa. We've, I felt like we needed a jingle for so long. So, <laughs> Marissa, fantastic. You did that all by yourself? You finally have a swooper jingle. Yeah. <laughs> That I'm was not awesome. like super good with the animations, but it was the best I could come up with. So. Marissa, you've outdone yourself, <laughs> which is hard to do. <laughs> that was fantastic. A long time coming. We've needed that. So I'm happy I can finally have it. Now we just need a new wow. intro. Yes. Which we got to yeah. follow up on. <laughs> yeah. That's an us problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can't rap. So <laughs> that's where I draw the line. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's get to Super. Zach on the board got his second point of the season. Marissa's got one. I've got seven. No big deal to me. Uh, this is a bit of an inflated market week. We've got Marissa uh, has nothing left over. She's got 24, but I have 36 turkeys to start with this week. Zach has 38. So uh, maybe some high bids coming up. Um, I think it might be my turn to start. Uh, so I will do that. And I will say Rasul Douglas touches the ball on a turnover. For the Packers defense. So this could be a straight interception. This could be a tip interception. It could be he recovers a fumble. He forces a fumble. He touches a fumble on someone recovered by someone else. Rasul Douglas touches the ball on an, on a turnover by the Eagles defense. I'll bid two. Three. I'm out on this one. Not feeling it. Three going once. Three going twice. Four. Zach? Uh, you can have it. Four. Four going once. Four going twice. Sold. Okay. To Bo Wolf. Okay. Uh, Marissa? Christian Watson scores multiple touchdowns. One. Two. Two going once. Two going twice. Sold. Wow. You got that, Marissa, or is that it? Me. You got it for two? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Shout out to the listener um, who told us that uh, his his kids have been learning how to count. Yes, that was really cool. To I like that. Yeah. So we need to drive up the bidding so they can, you know, learn how to count really high. <laughs> and you guys have so many turkeys, so might as well spend them. That's true. That was, who was that? Uh, was that Seals? I'm trying to find it. You want me to go while you look Yeah, up? why don't you go? Why don't you go ahead, Zach? Okay. Miles Sanders yes, rushes. Seals. Miles Sanders rushes for 100 yards. One. Uh, I should say at least 100. Oh, yards. Uh, I was going to yeah. call the technicality. I was. Yeah, not not 100 yards on the dot. Okay. That what rushes be, uh, for at least 100 yards. At least 100 yards, yes. Uh, and to to give you perspective on here, Mar uh, he has topped 100 yards once this this season. That was Week Four against Jacksonville. You, uh, you know what? Uh, for the all the talk about uh, the Eagles not trusting Jalen Hurts on the game-winning drive, how did you feel about the Eagles not trusting Miles Sanders? I was curious where Boston Scott came. Like Boston Scott has not been used this this year much at all. Him, and all of a sudden, 
three straight runs or something like yes, that. Yes, he's 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 your your fourth quarter running back and your starting kick returner, right? Uh so interesting how how that worked out. Uh yeah, I I was surprised or that was notable to me. For sure. Okay. Did anybody bid on one. this? Okay. Two. One. As we said before, uh Packers run defense 29th in DVOA. Can he do? He had what 47 last week because I knew that because I needed Jonathan mm. Taylor to double it. That's right. Uh, it's 40 something. Um, I'm out on this one. You've got it for three right now, Zach. Two, two, two. Ooh, two going once. Three, four, oh. four going once. Four going twice. Sold to Mr. Berman. Miles Sanders, exactly 100 rushing. <laughs> All right. All right. It is. Oof. Okay. Lots of colors on here. Okay. The item. The Eagles score more points than the total number of turkeys bid on this item by all three players. Oh, this on. is a sealed... So the cumulative total? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The Eagles score more points than the total number of turkeys bid on this item by all three players. Yeah. Sealed bid first price auction. All three players privately write down their bids and then reveal them at the same time. The highest bidder wins the item and pays their own bid. The other two players do not pay anything. Note, it literally says note. Even though the losers don't pay anything, their bids still matter because the item itself is based on the total number of turkeys bid by all three players. So the more you bid as a loser, the less value, the less valuable the item is for the winner. If there is a tie for the highest bid, each of the players involved in the tie are rewarded an equal fraction of the item and each pays that fraction of their bid, rounding up to the next whole turkey if needed. For example, if there's a two-way tie at 11 turkeys, the two players who bid 11 would each pay six turkeys and then would each get a half point if the item hits. If there's a three-way tie, all three bidders get a third of the item and pay a third of their bid, rounding up to the nearest whole turkey. Again, and, the and, item. The yeah. Eagles score more This is a fun one. I like this one. And the total number of turkeys bid on this item by all three players. Okay. okay. I like this one. I got to pull up a number. Okay. All right. Ready? Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. Eight. Ooh. Five. Zach for five. 13 for me. Wow. So I get it for 13, and it's going to be 26 points. Wow. Eagles score more than 26 points. I feel good about that. She's on 12, but. <laughs> All right. So I'm down to 19 turkeys, but Eagles yeah, I score. I like that you had to spend a lot of turkeys there. I like that. Yeah, that was a good one, uh, Professor Shellman. Well done. <laughs> Zach knew that, like that thing one. five. It was. I feel big. good about that. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. Twenty six. I was I was considering bidding a lot and making it hard, but then mm. I didn't know if I would be screwing myself over. Yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised. Well, we don't. I don't even want to get into it, but. Yeah. You're surprised I didn't bid more turkeys. Yeah. Why did you only bid five? <laughs> that's just not uh, right. <laughs> because yeah, well, hey, it, A was on brand, but B in the off chance you guys went low, I win it at a at a at a low number. And if you guys go well, why high, we go low. What's yeah, well, no, I'm 
And I wasn't going to bid 13 turkeys on this. Uh, I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go that high. So I only wanted this. If this was a low number, I'm not convinced the Eagles score more than 26 points in this game. Yeah, but right? why the, would you only go? What do you, how many points do you think the Eagles are going to score in this game? I think they're going to score more than 26. It's at how, home, but Sunday night you, football, black uniforms. You think they're going to score 24 points in this game, Zach? I think it's it's more plausible that they score 24 than 34. Okay. Well, so then why wouldn't you bid nine? Because then if you're nine, you guarantee that the next two highest could be like eight, and then you'd be at 25 points. Because I, I didn't want to bid nine turkeys on this. Like, that's – yeah, I, I had – I, I had a price I was willing to pay. So the most the item. most you were willing to pay was that the Eagles would only score 14 points. You would pay five turkeys for the Eagles to score 14 I would have been points. comfortable that 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 the Eagles that I, I I'd be comfortable I would win this bid. I I, I would If you win bid this seven item. at least, then you're betting on the Eagles scoring more than 19 points at worst. I don't know that to be the case. The last time they played on primetime, how many points did they score? Okay. Right? All right. Good one by Diniz. Okay. Uh, all right, my turn. Uh, Bo yeah. Quinn has a quarterback hit. One. Two. Three. Three going once. Four. Ooh. Four going once. We're going twice. Okay. So, I like this. <laughs> You'll spend four for this. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to get a range of options here. Okay, Marissa. Okay. So this one actually was an idea from Michael, but this was also written in the chat, so it was perfect because I obviously like to take him from the chat more than Michael. But the broadcast <laughs> shows Jordan Mailata and the Eagles offensive line singing Christmas songs. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go one. Two. Three. You can have it at three. Unless Bo wants three it. Three going once. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Seven going once. Seven going twice. You got it. All right. I mean, those clips have. That's been a good one. That's today. definitely going to be on there. But yeah, that's a good one. Uh, All right. So I'm up. Right. You're up. So I I like this one here. I I, I think it's a, a creative one. And <laughs> tuning his own horn. Hassan Reddick finishes the game as the Eagles leader in sacks on the season. And so some context here, Hassan Reddick is going into this game with seven and a half sacks. Okay. He is ahead of Javon Hargrave at seven sacks. Next on the list is Brandon Graham at four and Josh sweat at three and a half. Okay. So basically you are betting on either Hassan Reddick to have the most sacks in this game or Javon Hargrave, not to have more than, yeah. you know, a half a sack more. Yeah. So, and, oh, and I should qualify this has to have sole possession oh. of the top okay. of the list. Okay. So that, so, so I like this. So you're rooting for something and rooting against something else. Yes. You're betting, but you're betting on ways. status quo. There's different ways this could happen. It could be a big game from Reddick. 
It could be no sacks at all. It could be sacks from Graham and Sweat, but not Hargrave. Okay, all so, of, all of you're betting on is there to not be a Javon Hargrave sack, basically. Yeah, that's pretty much all you're betting on. And if there is, well, well no, there could be a Hargrave sack, sack, but or a Reddick sack too. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, this seems overwhelmingly likely to happen. I but like I like the I like the I like the framing. One. Okay. Two. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. I'm out. Thirteen. Thirteen going once. Thirteen going twice. Sold to Zach for thirteen. All right. Zach, that was a lot of turkeys. You must be really confident in this one. <laughs> it's a it's a very likely thing to happen. He's betting on status quo. Like I'm not betting on status quo. I I'm hope the game opens. Yeah, you're betting on status quo and other outs. You're like there's only there's really only one path for you to not get this. You could have bid on it, Bo. It was an open auction. I could have. Who's Hargrave yeah. lining up against on the Packers? Uh, John Runyon, right? Mm. Okay. All right. We're at Danez? Yes. Okay. More red writing. Okay. Item eight. The end zones are painted black rather than the normal midnight green. This is called a hybrid auction. The player who won the last item, item seven, writes down their bid for this item and does not reveal the bid itself, but does say whether their bid is odd or even. <laughs> Next, only the other two players bid publicly, as in a usual auction, without knowing the first player's bid, and they are only allowed to bid odd numbers if the first player's bid is even, and only even numbers if the first player's bid is odd. Once the two players finish bidding, the first player reveals their original bid to compare to the higher of the two, the other two players' bids. The higher bidder wins the item and pays their own bid. The losers do not pay anything. Okay. So Zach, you need to write down your bid. Again, the item is the end zones are painted black rather than normal midnight green. Okay. One second here. And just just to clarify, I have 23 turkeys remaining. No, correct? you have 17 turkeys remaining. Okay. Marissa has 15. I have 19. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that clarification. Okay. I appreciate you trying to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, odd or even, Zach? Um, this is odd. One. No, 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 you have One. to bid even. Oh, right. His is odd, so we okay. have to be even. Two. Four. Six. Eight. I think this is going to happen. Ten. Twelve. 
Remember, I had I had seventeen turkeys. I have seventeen turkeys. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you got it, Bo. Okay. Are you serious? Zach, what, what, what you bid? What you bid, Zach? Bid 11. Oh. <laughs> Great job, right. Bo. That was, that was well done on your end. That's a gimme right there. Yeah. It should, yeah. It should be, I would imagine. All right, yes. so I'm down to seven. What if like it's 15, not painted black 17. and eagles is written in like some black like it, the whole end zone has to be black. No, eagles is in there. It's just the no, background color is black. No, no, no. I yeah, but like the background color has to be black. Yes. Like what if it's like the eagles is written in some black font, crazy font? Yeah, that wouldn't count. That wouldn't count. Okay. okay. So there's only one variable here that that could make it not be black. I, I'm fairly confident it's going to be black. But the the one variable here is that Temple plays on Saturday, right? Mm, so okay. that could affect what they're able mm. to do with the field. But it's a um, night game, so they have a little extra time. They do. You got yes, yes, that is correct. But but just something to keep in mind. Okay. Okay, I like that. All right. So Bo has how many turkeys remaining? I have seven left. Marissa has fifteen. Zach has seventeen. Okay. Uh. All right. Uh, a kickoff return by either team goes past the 50-yard line. One. One. Two. A yeah, you can have it at two. Two going once. Two going twice. It can't be a pun. It's a kickoff. It's got to be kickoff, kickoff. yes. Yep. All right. Go two. Okay. My turn? Your turn. Three left. An MVP chant breaks out during the game. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, if this is not heard on the broadcast, you guys have to be fair and let us know within the stadium. But yeah, yeah, it's got to be loud enough for us to hear it in the press box. Yes, and I think it will be. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the chat was on fire today. Three. I'll go. I'll go. Hmm, four. Well, there are going to be some sickos in the in the crowd who could try to make this happen. Five. I'm hoping Zaynez and his section will be, if I win it, not if Zach wins it. Six. Six going once. Seven. Eight. <laughs> it's yours Eight going once. Eight going okay. twice. All right. Marissa gets it. Zach. Um, so I don't like having, I, I don't like that we have two that are TV dependent, but I also don't want to, I think it'd be, um, it, it would be disingenuous for me or unfair for me to change this subsequently, right? Especially when I have a surplus. So I will go with what I originally went with, but this okay. means we have two that are tied to TV. That's okay. 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 That before. Uh, footage is shown from the. Eagles Packers game in 2020. A, a, a Jalen Hurts footage is shown from the Eagles Packers mm. game in 2020, and it could be either him playing the game, or it could be him with Aaron Rodgers after the game. But it's not enough for the broadcast to talk about it. They actually have to show footage from that game. And uh, to give context to our listeners, I imagine you all know this, but that's when Jalen Hurts entered the game. 
for Carson Wentz. Uh, became the starter thereafter. Him and Aaron Rodgers shared a moment after the game. Jalen Hurts told Aaron Rodgers that that day that uh, he tried his best to look like him as the scout as the scout team quarterback. Aaron Rodgers asked him if he got the cadence down. Hurts said that uh, you know he he's he's still working on it. He's not at Rodgers' level. Mm-hmm. I asked Jalen about that today. He said he's 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 better. But he's still not there yet. He said Rodgers has a, has a lot more years on him. Um, but Rodgers also said that day that he's got a lot of respect for Jalen. That That's what you were smiling about. College. I wasn't smiling about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyways, so it 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 can't be Collinsworth saying so. Jalen Hurts went in on on that game, and it can't be just a graphic on the screen. They have to show footage from that game. Okay. How many turkeys do I have left? Five. Five. I have seven. Zach has seventeen. Okay. Two. Seven. Okay. <laughs> guys got a oh. guys got an in with Fred Goodelli. He knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> Fred Goodelli's at Amazon now. I think so. Uh, did I go too high? You got it. No. Okay. I clearly I mean, did. If Bo's reaction was that, so. Okay. All right. Last one. Close us out. Item twelve. The Eagles win the game. This is a regular auction, but dot, dot, dot. Unlimited borrowing from next week's turkeys is allowed Mm. for all bidders. If the item does not hit, the winner's turkeys will all be pardoned like a turkey back guarantee and refunded in full. If it doesn't hit? If the item does not hit, the winner's turkeys... Will all be pardoned like a turkey back guarantee and refunded in full. Oh, I like that. All right. So Seven. Badly, do you want the win? Seven. Ten. I'll take five from next week. Mm, this is fun. Twelve. <laughs> Thirteen. Uh, So if they lose, I get all these back. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Okay. It's just how much do you want to spend? Yeah. And then, yeah. really, if yeah, and borrow can... from next week. Yeah. I, I, don't I'll say like... fifteen. Shoot, this puts me at a strategic disadvantage for next week. <laughs> um... Sixteen. I'm at that point in the season where I got stack wins. So how many would Zach have to borrow? Yeah, I think Zach's got two that are going to hit. I think I've got two that are going to hit. Marissa's got, I think, two that are going to hit too. So we could come. This this might be what it comes down to. I'll go seventeen. I'll borrow ten from next week. Eighteen. 19. Come on, Zach. Do it. 20. Yes. 20. Borrowing 10 turkeys. You're almost hoping for a loss so you can get the turkeys back. No, but maybe Zach and I are playing games and Zach will win this week and Mm. then I'll win next week. We need to take the wins from you. I'll go 20. I wish I didn't bid so high on the previous one, right? Come on, Zach, do it. 22. You get them back if they lose. 
Marissa, peer pressure does not. Um, <laughs> peer pressure actually adversely affects me. Like I'm, I'm less inclined to go with peer pressure because then I think I'm, I'm not thinking independently anymore. Uh, okay, but I, 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 I will go with with twenty two. Twenty two going once. Twenty two going twice. Sold. Yes. Good one, Zach. All right. So, Zach, you've got your down 12 turkeys next week, unless the Eagles lose. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah. Big. I, I, like, feel like, I feel like Dennis was, was on fire this yeah. week. This was yeah. a, good, a good slate of his swoopers. Definitely. I, I mean, at, at this point, it's like, you know, it's like the people who were going camping, right? And the bear comes, and the person stops and puts on his shoes. And the guy says, what are you doing? You can't outrun the bear. And he says, I don't need to outrun the bear. I just need to outrun you. Right? Like, I I only need, you know, I can't have Bo win. I just need to out, out, outrun Bo in this case. So. Hmm. You need to outrun I'll, me, really. Well. Yeah, I don't I'm, really know that that applies, but I, I'll take it. Yeah. Like, if I I just need to stay alive here. And yeah. I yeah. I believe that if you win. If you win, it will put me at a detriment to it. Will be interesting if it is a tie this week and the point carries over. And oh, if the Eagles win, but I don't win, Swooper. Right. Yeah. Wow, and that would tie. be. Yes. I mean, very possible. You know, yeah, that's like it's like uh, the story of it's like a, a different uh, story of the woods where the <laughs> bear and the rabbit are both um, doing their business number two next to each other in the woods. And the bear says to the rabbit, hey, do you ever have a problem with it, you know, sticking to your fur? And the rabbit says, no, no, never. And so the bear picks up the rabbit and wipes himself with him, with the rabbit. I never heard that one. That's <laughs> also stolen, but it's okay. <laughs> told more colorfully. Uh, all right. So, Zach, you've got uh, to recap. Miles Sanders has uh, over 100 yards rushing or at least 100 yards rushing. Robert Quinn has a quarterback hit. Hassan Reddick ends the game as the Eagles sack leader. That should definitely hit uh, the Packers footage. That's likely. And the Eagles win. The, and the Eagles win the game. Uh, Marissa has Christian Watkins has at least two touchdowns. Uh, there's a clip on the broadcast of the offensive linemen singing their Christmas songs. A kickoff return goes past the 50 and there are MVP chants in the building. I have Rasul Douglas touches the ball on an interception or on a, on a, on a turnover rather. Uh, the Eagles score more than 26 or at least 26. It was it was 13, 8, and 5, right? So, yeah. okay, so it's got to be at least, at least 26 points. Uh, um, no, right? it said the Eagles score more points. Oh, yeah, so it's got to be 20. They got to score, they gotta score 27 points. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the end zones are black. So that's what I've got. All right. Good work, everybody, especially Dennis. Yeah. Zach, let's uh, take a little peek and peer into that crystal ball deagle. One second here as my mic keeps going in and out. Mm. If you can start today, that'd be great. Sure. Um, Eagles are seven and a half point favorites in this game. Is that the, the updated line? Give me a thumbs up if you want, Zach. Mm -hmm. um, I think... Uh, We've been we have not done a good job of predicting uh, the, the spreads uh, on mm -hmm. the Eagles. I think that the Packers are going to cover here. 
Um, but maybe it'll be a backdoor cover. Uh, I think the Eagles will win this game. I think they're going to play much better offensively than they have the past couple weeks, eliminate some of those uh, mistakes. I don't think we talked about Landon Dickerson has had a, 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 like an uncharacteristic down several weeks in a row. Um, I'm, I don't know what's going on there, but I'd like to see uh, them clean those things up on offense. I think maybe the turnovers bounce back a little bit. And um, I don't like, I know Aaron Rodgers is, is good ish still, but I don't think, um, I don't think he scares me too much. More importantly, I don't think that the Packers defense has anything that's really going to, going to stop the Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts will have a big night. Um, And maybe AJ Brown has a, has a big night here uh, again on primetime because Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown are so tight. They're best friends. They sit right where Zach and whatever his name is do um, in the uh, in the Novacare Complex team meeting room. So give me uh, Eagles winning this game 29-23. So you have this going over. Um, the over-under is 46.5, which to the previous conversation does, does not speak to a high-scoring game here. Um, yeah, the Eagles seven point favorites. Uh, I also think that the Eagles win, but don't cover, uh, the Eagles haven't been covering as well recently. And so I, I think that, is that a Darius uh, Slay comment? (laughs) It's not, but they haven't been covering as well recently either. Right. Um, so I, I look at this and say the Eagles are, are the, are the, are the better team. Um, Rogers can pull some some plays out of as you know what I mean he's he's won the last two MVPs for a reason uh they've started to get some offensive momentum don't like that way the defense is playing I think this is a a game when the Eagles offense needs to move the ball better um I'm not convinced that they're going to have the same type of offensive uh, um sustained offense that we saw earlier I think Goddard's absence Really helps. I'm sorry. Really hurts the offensive consistency here. I can see a big play or two in there. The Eagles' explosive play percentage has has gone down recently, but um, I think this is one they're they're going to have to um, eke out. To use the phrase that was in Poe's headline and was on the headline of the podcast the other day as well. Uh, I think that... a shot at me for reusing eke at like two in the morning. It's not a shot at all. It's 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 actually a compliment to show that uh, the, your your story and the podcast resonated with me that much. Uh, the Eagles win this game 24-21. Jake Elliott's kicking proves to be critical here. I don't know if it comes down to a game-winning field goal, but I think his his field goals will be especially important. And uh, the it it narrowly. You know, it's it's right around that over under. So I have forty five. It's forty six and a half is the number. Um, and the Eagles advance to ten and one, which will make uh, Nick Sirianni. Um, it will it'll give him double digit wins, and it means every coach that Jeffrey Lurie has hired has won double digit games within two seasons. There you go. All right, Marissa. Any final words from you? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all the sickos. I hope they all have a great day with lots of good food and fun time with their family you well, guys too I'll, yeah I, I said it on this podcast last year but uh i'm really grateful for well the, well, the two of you in particular 
Um, I, I included Shio in that group too. I am thankful for Shio, but uh, for the sake of this podcast, the two of you and, uh, and for all of our, all for, for all of our listeners, I, I genuinely look forward to these podcasts for the community that, uh, has come out of birds with friends that I didn't anticipate when I took this job. And, uh, I hope everyone enjoys Thanksgiving with, um, those you get to spend it with and uh appreciate all that that uh comes with this holiday well said you got away with words zach you're in the right profession thank you all right so uh happy thanksgiving to all of uh you potentially you're listening to this uh, after thanksgiving so hope you had a good thanksgiving hope you took some uh, some tums or some pepto-bismol or whatever you need and you're having a good having a good weekend so for Marissa and Zach and Emmy, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening to Birds with Friends. We'll talk to you. I mean, I mean, just at a godless hour, uh, most likely <laughs> early Monday morning. Impossible to say. It could be really ugly, but you know, we'll talk to you then. As always, we love you.